Welcome to the Tech and Main Presents Podcast with your host, Sean St. Hill. Sean is the CEO of Tech and Main, a technology consulting firm in Atlanta, Georgia. Listen in as thought leaders share their tips and insights about what's going on in the world of technology. And now, here's your host, Sean St. Hill. Thank you for joining another episode of Tech and Main Presents, where we bring you the best insights from today's leaders and experts in technology. Today, we will be speaking with Dave Wallens. Dave is the CEO of Exploring Inc. Dave, welcome to the Tech and Main Presents podcast. Sean, it's great to be here this morning. Thanks for having me. Oh, you are welcome. Dave, um, you have fast become one of my favorite people. I and, and, we, and we got into it a little bit before we started the podcast. But you you are just cut from a completely different cloth. You the way you think, uh, especially when it comes to technology and your passion for education, of course, which we'll get into. But seriously, I just I, I love talking to people like you because you you help inspire me in what I'm doing, and I just appreciate that. Well, thanks, Sean, and you're you're fast becoming one of my favorite people to talk to because you. You are definitely excited, and and I love that. And uh, the cloth that maybe I was cut from has got a lot of fray edges. So uh, I don't know. It's been a long journey, interesting journey, but uh, an unbelievable journey for me as well. So I'm excited well, to talk to you about it. Yeah, Dave, and and there's there's so much that um, you're into. You and your team are doing amazing things, and we'll 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 get into that. But I. I dare say for the for the listener to this podcast, right? You you want to take notes as well because what Dave is going to share isn't just going to be our standard episode where we we talk through things, but you're you're going to want to take notes because trust me, like I mentioned, Dave thinks differently and he's going to say something or some things that will inspire you, spark an idea. You're going to want to follow up with him quite possibly, right? And so you're you're going to want to take notes, listen to this episode again. And that's not just for posterity. That is truly for your benefit. So I just wanted to kind of set the table. And uh, Dave, we're, we're, we're going to have some fun here. Yes, before we, we get, yeah, before we get too far afield, why don't you go ahead and share your background with our audience? Sure, I'd love to. Uh, in, in, the, in the inspired by the movie Goonies, you want me to go back to when I was five years old? You can uh, if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, seriously, I'll bring you up to uh, when I moved to Atlanta. I was actually uh, 15 years old and moved to Atlanta. Uh, moved here because uh, my parents actually got divorced. I was uh, living with uh, my mother uh, in Atlanta. She relocated with her future husband, and I decided to move. Uh, from Chicago to Atlanta and finished my last two years of high school here and, and and actually have a little change in life at that point. And I go back that far because shortly after I moved here, I share this story. My father passed away very unexpectedly at 47. So oh, wow. life, life really became a, a left turn for me. And, and now I became obviously a, a whole new path and a whole new direction for me uh, with now one parent. Uh, the good news is, is that we you learn a lot from those uh, experiences and I did and and I became very independent and really moved things forward went to high school here for two years when I finished high school I, I was involved with businesses at early ages because I enjoyed uh, having my own money and not relying on others so I found ways to do that uh, and just enough to get by but it was satisfactory to me 
and, and even through high school, I was doing, doing work. And when I came out of high school, I, uh, I wasn't ready for college. I thought I'd wanted to go and, and decided that I was going to go pursue some other directions. And uh, lo and behold, I decided to go back to college, went for three weeks and then dropped out. I actually went to Kennesaw State University back in uh, uh, the very 1980. So after three weeks, uh, uh, after I dropped out of school, I actually went to work for somebody. And shortly thereafter, I wound up uh, leaving that company that I helped build and starting my own. And at 21 years old, I started my own company and I've been doing that ever since. And it's been an amazing journey of uh, being a first generation entrepreneur in, a, in an environment that really didn't reward entrepreneurs back in uh, 1982 and 1983. Uh, we were the ones that couldn't find jobs. So we started companies and uh, frankly, that's how I looked at it. And I just had to prove my abilities and worth to, to the world at that point. And that started my trajectory and, and building a company and, and then eventually building multiple companies and acquiring companies over a dozen over the years, uh, building, exploring, starting in 83 and then acquisitions in 99, all the way through to today where we now have exploring as the parent company of six very fast growing companies in the marketplace. We are in the fabrication business, we're in the flooring business, and we're in the graphics business, all in support of experiential environments. So we build very cool, fun environments, all the way to producing uh, hospitality flooring, trade show flooring, and graphics for all environments. And we set a bar very high of, of building to excellence, and that's what we tried to achieve and uh, believe that we have been on the right path to do that by building some of the most iconic uh, experiences around the world with Hamilton, the exhibition, Harry Potter, to name a few, uh, Van Gogh that's around the country. We've built out uh, 16, 17 of those environments around the country and very proud of the work that we do and the team that we built. And that's where we're at today. And, and so uh, as you can hear, it's been a journey, a long journey. And as I said, those edges were very frayed as I, uh, as I started putting this all together. Oh, Dave, that is that is an amazing story. And the couple of things that I want to touch on, one of one of which I'll ask you about. Um, but you mentioned the the Van Gogh exhibit, right? And and this is and this is the power and the testament of an entrepreneurial mind. We were in Florida in April, so I hadn't met you yet, right? But I remember as we were driving through Orlando, seeing the billboards for the Van Gogh exhibit, right? Not knowing that I would later meet you, befriend you, and now have you here on the podcast. But again, that's 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 the power. And so 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 really that the genesis of that billboard goes back to nineteen to the nineteen eighties, right? Because if you hadn't have done what you did back then, I wouldn't have been driving with my family earlier this year in Orlando seeing that billboard, right? Yes. So, so that's so that's again the, the the power of an entrepreneurial mind. But here's here's the question that I wanted to ask because I think we've 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 become so accustomed over the last few years of what I'll call the the, the shark tank entrepreneur right and we we've we've been trained to view entrepreneurship through the lens of presenting to a panel 
of investors, giving up a percentage of your company and then going into business with them and making millions of dollars. Dave, speak to that a little bit. Help us demystify that, if you will. Sure. Well, first of all, that is certainly a form of entrepreneurship when you're raising capital and and looking for investors. Uh, but there's also when you when you have your personal money invested into an endeavor and having to build a business case around it, it really takes it to the core of entrepreneurship because the pressures and the responsibilities are just that much higher. You resources now. It's all good when you have investors and you have uh, mentors and you have support. Uh, it does make the process easier. But I trained and I cut my teeth when there wasn't that support. And I didn't know how to find that support. So think think about what you were doing at 21 years old. Uh, when I was that young, I was the youngest person in my own company. Even when I hired people, I was my, the youngest person in my own company for over 10 years. Oh, wow. Uh, I, I couldn't wait to get to 30 so I could be older than somebody. Uh, but that, that really was great training ground for me because I had to learn the ways. My failures were my failures. I had to own them and figure out the path. And there are a few things in there. I was coached by a little bit by my stepfather who would remind me at an early age that, uh, that age was no criteria for success or failure. And he instilled in me that it wasn't about how old you are to earn respect. It's just how you perform and you got to earn your stripes. And so I always kept that in the back of my mind and really didn't pay attention to how old I was, but what I needed to do to succeed. Um, and to this day, I teach that to, to young folks because it's important. It's the power of age. Not the, it's not a negative. It's not something that, uh, uh, that we have to have uh, years of experience to prove our worth. Uh, we can do it immediately. But I learned and developed my skills as an entrepreneur back then. And, and owned every responsibility. And it's also how I learned. I had a friend of mine who was, uh, he praised businesses for a living. And as, okay. a, uh, as an appraiser, he had to be half a CPA and half an attorney, right? He had to know both the legal side and the financial side of a company. And I was about in my second year of the company and we were sharing some budgets and what I was doing. And he looked over at me and he said, uh, he's a grad from... Uh, from Florida. And he looked over at me and he said, Dave, I, I can never do what you do. And I go, I can't believe you're brilliant. You, you do things that I just, I'm amazed at. He goes, no, the problem is I know too much. Mm. That, that your ambition and your motivation and your commitment to following what you believe is right. You have no barriers. You break them down. For me, I'd be in analysis. I'd be analyzing it till I, I, I the opportunity passed me by. And and that was powerful. And I and even today, it, it, it drives a lot of the innovation because timing is everything. And, and it's really important as an entrepreneur that we think that way. So in my early days, that's, that's how I started to build my company uh, by trial and error. And when I failed, I learned and I pivoted. And well, we love to use, we call it pivoted today. We used to call it change back when I was doing it, right? But uh, we would change and and. and Prove and I'd read and learn. And, and I fast learned that knowledge was every bit as important as experience. So I would read as much as I could, uh, learning business management, leadership skills, sales skills, technology was part of that. When I had the company at the beginning days, there were no computers. So 1983, I bought the first one. And, and so I decided that if I'm going to be in the game, I needed to, to know technology. And I learned uh, as much as I could about all areas of the business. And that's, that's really helped me to where obviously growing through the years and building a company to, to uh, at our largest size before COVID was over 200 people 
that we employed uh, across the country. It's proved well, and at every stage, you're learning again, right? What I did when I was a couple million dollar company is not something I could do at 10 or 20 or 50. So you're always learning and always developing. No, that's, that is a great answer. And Dave, that's actually a nice segue into this next question, which is what has you most excited about your daily work? Uh, I have the title of CEO, and frankly, I, I look at that as the chief employment officer. I set the vision of the company, but I get to really watch the employees flourish because as a CEO now, after I set the vision, it's the obligation and opportunity of the team to get us to where we need to be. And watching them execute is what excites me every day and seeing them succeed within the walls of the company. And, and that motivates me to, to, to keep things moving forward every day. No, that's a lot of fun. no, it it is, and 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 I've had a chance to visit your your Atlanta operation and see firsthand not just the amazing technology and the cool experiential environments that you build out, but getting to see your leadership firsthand how you how you deal with your people and how it's not this heavy-handed I am Lord David, fetch me my tablet. It's, it's, it is, it is very much a collaborative, like you said, I'm the, I'm the chief employment officer. I set the vision, but it's, it's more so I, I am helping create the infrastructure within which my people can thrive. And that's the important part to me. That's, and you learn that when you're scaling a business, you can only take it so far on your own or with a small team. And if you're going to grow and scale, you have to start delegating responsibilities, empowering your people to own their areas and teaching them what I hope to be is that entrepreneurial mindset where they're actually thinking as they're owning their own area inside the walls of our company and letting them grow and flourish and take on more responsibility. That's the joy of, of, of building a company in my eyes. And it's the reward I've gotten after all these years uh, of watching so many people that I've touched over the years and seeing them uh, grow and flourish and and take care of their families. And there's nothing more satisfying than seeing that, to be honest. Yeah. To, to know that you are helping create an organization where people are relying on paychecks, Dave, you know, and then their families are subsequently relying on them. Right. And so again, I just, I, I go back to that, the power of an entrepreneurial mind, right. Seeing and then creating, and then again, I just I, I think of that billboard in Orlando. I'm like, that is so cool, right? To have seen that, and to and to now be be talking, yeah, kind of coming full circle. So when when I've been through the process and, and going from a handful of employees to ten to twenty to fifty to a hundred to two hundred. You really understand the, the power of opportunity for all, and, and we drive that. We have a lot of different skill sets in, in our operation as fabricators and in the flooring group and graphics. We have uh, high-end sculptors uh, that do amazing work. We have uh, scenic painters and high-end artists, uh, fine artists that have to do the work that we do. We have uh, folks that do uh, CAD engineering and detailing. We we have three-dimensional modelers. We have uh, UI and UX programmers, right? Designers uh, and VR and AR. And so uh, we, aside from the other skill sets, which are uh, obviously your management and 
and marketing team that we have on there and our executive team. But we, I see so many different uh, and broad-based skill sets and how you know everybody wants that opportunity. I don't care where you're at. Our welders and our carpenters are, are every bit as important as our shipping team and and our sales team. So everybody has to work together to make it successful. And so they all understand. And we live by one motto, which, which really is something I learned early in my career. And that is the customer is the center of our universe. And, and that's what drives me and drove me in my early days was, was that making sure our customers knew that we took care of them beyond uh, just a, a product or service, but really delivered excellence every time we could. And everybody believes that at the company and lives by that. And it's self-defining because everybody gets to choose how to make that customer happy. They don't have to be dictated to, they get to make the decision. And the bottom line is the one goal is they got to be happy. That means when we ship something out, you can't ship it and make it look poorly or it's unsafe and gets damaged. Uh, or we're designing something and it's done sloppy where we don't have our logo on there or their logo on there and thinking about how the customer is going to use something. I mean, it's every touch point will live by that that very simple motto and it helps guide us. And I think it's, it's served us very well in keeping everybody focused to the ones, one real purpose. Well, and, and Dave, I, I, I love how succinct that is, right? That the customer is the center of your universe. And so with, with, with that, we're kind of against that backdrop. What are some of the issues that your clients bring to you before they become your customers? What, what are some of the things that they are needing help with as they're, as they're kind of talking to you and consulting with you? One of the things that I think I learned early on is that all clients don't always know what they're asking for, right? So they, they'll ask for one thing with an expectation, but their need is actually completely different. And when we really work with them on a consultative basis, we're really understanding what their true needs are, how they're using it, where they're using it. It helps us define a better solution for them. And if we could provide that solution inside of their budget requirements or at a value, uh, we're doing our job in a great way, right? We're, we're adding value to that decision. It's not about selling a widget. It's not about making the sale. Uh, frankly, that's the least of our concern. Anybody could sell uh, another uh, uh, recommendation from my, from my stepfather, I'll give credit to. He used to tell me, you could sell anybody anything one time, but not many of you could sell it twice. And, you know, that's really, it holds true. It's not, we're not, I'm not, I'm not in the game to sell you once that selling you is not the op object. It's really about building confidence and trust uh, so that I can help solve these problems for you. And that's what we do all day long. We don't even call our sales team sales. We call them client experience managers for a reason, because we really are not selling. We are helping analyze. So even in projects like Harry Potter or Hamilton, uh, we're working with the designer of the Academy Awards. And in that we actually have to define his design and tell his team how we would build it. So we're, and we're building it to budget. So it's a very complex process and proves what I'm talking about. So then we have to give recommendations on how to solve that through the different skill sets we have. As an example, when we paint something, the right style of paint, the right way we finish the painting, do we use plastic or wood, right? All these things are, are part of our process to analyze what's the best solution. And it does the same thing for things like Great Wolf Lodge, which is a, 
a, a big customer of ours and we're building out environments or a grass, simple graphic. If you were challenged with the Super Bowl that we've done work for and they've asked us to, to supply graphics for the environment and we've got to make sure we understand exactly how they're using it so that it's safe, secure, and looks the best it can do at the budget that they need to hit, right? So it's always analyzing. So that's the long answer. And that puts us way outside of just being, of selling. It truly is not that. That's, I, I, I love that answer, right? That sales is not sales. They're, as you said, client experience managers. Um, and Dave, that, that again is just that, it's just that slight tweak in how you think, right? How you approach things. And and I and I want to bring in what what you and I have been talking about as far as like what needs to be done and what can be done as it relates to your skill set, right? Your your domain expertise and education. Right? So I just I I, I want to give you the floor for a few moments to kind of just talk through what you're seeing needs to be done as it relates to hmm. the education space and, and how we can help equip our, our, our kids for the future. No, I appreciate that, Sean. I will speak to it a little bit. It is a passion of mine these days. Uh, yeah, the guy who only went to college for three weeks is passionate about education, go figure. Uh, but the truth of the matter is I got a daughter who's a high school teacher and doing amazing work. Uh, but it was actually my journey in business that, that put education front and center to me. And what happened over the years is the first probably 10, 15 years of my career, remember, I was still in my mid-30s by the time I had 15 years in, I realized the importance of education as I came through it and started hiring so many students and, and employees uh, that I saw what the effects of school was doing or not doing for these students. And I realized very early on that they, they were not thinkers. They were taught knowledge, but they had no practical experience inside of the walls of a business and and in their areas and how to think really strategically. So, and look at back then I wasn't hiring the, uh, the most expensive employees either, right? We're limited budgets, small company. We're trying to do what we can, but along, uh, along this path, I was uh, introduced uh, to Kennesaw State University about seven years ago in a bigger way. And they started their entrepreneurship program. And I heard about it and uh, had already been doing some work uh, at Kennesaw. Uh, and when I heard about it, it just ignited a, a flame in my heart, to be honest. It was it was like, wow, there's finally I'm seeing uh, education that made sense to me as an entrepreneur and teaching these kids. And one of the first things was is entrepreneurial mindset and how we actually uh, uh, think instead of what we do. So I got involved very early on. It was part of the development and their advisory board and got very active until I eventually chaired it. I watched students coming through the program. I was watching students that didn't believe in themselves, had no confidence, were going through college, trying to get out and find a job wherever they could. Uh, coming into this program where they were taught to think and watching them get inspired that they could be anything. And I shared a story with you about a young man, uh, who sold bracelets that said, I, I never lose, I either win or learn. Well, he now owns his own company and he's 26 years old, right? These are the kids that pass through my doors. I've got uh, two students that came through that, that right now are running a hundred million dollar business that are doing absolutely amazing work in their, in their now mid twenties. You'd be amazed what actually happens. But I also watched uh, a young lady who was selling artwork, who could barely get up in front of a group and present what she had. And, and she was trembling 
to the point that she just couldn't do it. And we coached her through and she took a break, came back and did an amazing presentation. And she found her confidence in the blink of an eye that she could do things that she never thought she could. That's mindset. Or I watched a young girl uh, in a class that I was, uh, I call it speeching, and they had to do a presentation they had to, uh, that was coming up in about a week where they had to pitch their company. And I was asking for volunteers and I had a couple stand up and do it and did a great job. But a young lady in the back of the room, she wouldn't volunteer, wouldn't raise her hand. I happened to have my daughter with me who was observing and, and pleaded with me not to bring her into the mix and just let her watch what was going on. And like a good dad, I was like, no, nah, we're going to change that. Uh, because part of part of entrepreneurial mindset is being uncomfortable, right? Being in yes. a predicament and not knowing what to do. So I took the young lady from the audience and I said, I want you to come up here to the front of the room. I know you don't want to pitch, but I want to introduce you to my daughter. And she came out of the front of the room and I said, now you're up here. I know you could do this. And I stepped to the side. She delivered amazing pitch. She got a standing ovation. And and that's really the the part of of changing these kids' lives. She sat down, just bawling her eyes out, couldn't believe she did it. And that anxiety just went away and she proved to herself she could. And that's what we mean by entrepreneurial mindset of instilling confidence in these kids that they could be anything they wanna be. So education became a very important part. I've been connected to some uh, amazing educators uh, that are teaching uh, entrepreneurship. I've watched uh, uh, in the Brookwood, a cluster where elementary, middle, and high school is now being taught through the lens of entrepreneurship, not how to build a business, but how to think, how to create, how to deal with failure, right? How to have perseverance, how to collaborate, how to present. I mean, think of these things that we taught. We get none of that education when we're coming through K through 12 and frankly, even through college. So I witnessed the lack of what I believe to be a really empowering education. Those that are brilliant and are smart kids are going to be doctors and lawyers may not need what, what I'm talking about, but even they do, to be honest with you, they need to think because there's, we always hear it, doctors are the worst business people. Well, that's just because, right, they're not taught to think that way. But exactly. frankly, for the majority of the kids coming through our education system, this is empowering, this is creating, this is letting them uh, be creative and be imaginative and be innovative, no matter where they may go to work. And encouraging that and supporting that is really where the future is going. And I think that's what's really excited me about education and why I have stayed diligent in trying to find a path to help in this initiative. And uh, we've made some progress, but we have a lot more to make. And at some point, uh, our education system, which hasn't changed in hundreds of years, is going to start changing. Exactly. And again, this is why I enjoy so much speaking with folks like yourself, Dave, because there, there, there is that need for change, right? And when I was talking to an, an IT director in the education field, and we, and we, we both landed on the fact that there, there doesn't need to necessarily be a wholesale disruption, if you will, of education, but, but there, there, there do, there, there does need to be the, the tweaking and the, and making adjustments and, and thinking differently. This, this gentleman was telling me about how during the pandemic, they had created a virtual school. They're in a region in their state where it's very rural, right? And it's, and it's hard for these students, even now, as we're kind of shifting 
post-pandemic, it's it's still difficult for a lot of them to get to the school facilities and get the, the educational resources and such that they need. And so their school district has piloted um, kind of a permanent virtual school, if you will, right? And so this this next school year, they're they're going to be. I, I can't remember if they're launching it or if they're they're moving it from beta to uh, live right. environment. But e- either way, it's just again how you think, right? And 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 making the adjustments based on what you see needs to be done. Sure, and it's funny because COVID has changed a lot of things, uh, but one of the I think real benefits of COVID and made us all think creatively. And look at all the innovation that came when we were forced to think creatively, not taught to think creatively. We had no choice. We couldn't go out. We couldn't go to school. We couldn't go to work, right? And think of all the ways we overcame that so we could still be productive. Why don't we teach that? Why are we waiting? Why are we waiting for catastrophes to happen? If we were intentional with thinking that way, it would be amazing. I applaud those schools, especially the underserved, especially those rural communities. We talk about uh, uh, equity and diversity. Uh, The metaverse and Zoom has no boundaries, right? Uh, Male, female, black, white, it doesn't matter. We're, We're especially as when we're avatars in the metaverse, right? There are no boundaries, but there shouldn't be boundaries. And, and we have a lot that we could achieve by, by just thinking creatively and solving problems. The, the, the beauty of what, of what happened during COVID is everybody had to think about how to meet their own need and be productive with an outcome, right? I still need to graduate school. I still need to go to, I still need to be employed. So what can I do to show value, right? And we all had to think that way or value to myself or value to my company so that I could graduate. There'll be those that, that certainly are gonna try not to do as much as they, do as little as they can, but there are others that really are gonna flourish in this environment. It's stressful, it's change, it was dramatic, right? But I really think that the generation that just came through this over this past two, three years is gonna be unique. And I think if they use it to their advantage, they will be, they will be winners in this world for sure because they've been taught how to think and how to deal with change in an unbelievable way. Yeah, I, I can't remember where I heard the statistic, but it, it, it was something along the lines of this generation, uh, I guess it's Gen Z or whatever, whatever the marketing label is for it. Like they've, they've gone through the economic downturn of like 2008, 2009. They've, they've seen the pandemic, like they've gone through so much, right? Like they, they've had no choice but to adapt and, and do it in this digital age. I was telling my wife, I think it was just yesterday, like a lot of, a lot of what like you, like back in the seventies and the eighties, you didn't know what people thought, right? Like you, 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 you just, you, you didn't, you, there was, there was no immediacy to finding out, hey, what what does Dave think about X Y Z topic or X Y Z issue? Nowadays, Dave, that that is that is that is instantaneous, right? right? It's a it's a it's a tweet, it's a Instagram post, it's a LinkedIn update, right? So so we are we are living in this truly true digital economy 
the idea marketplace is global, right? And so you 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 have to be able to, as we've been ta- talking about, adapt, right. right? Think differently. And so yeah, you 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 have to as as a young person or as a as a as an instructor, teacher, what have you, you you have to be equipping um, our kids to to deal in this environment. Yeah, absolutely. And as complicated as that sounds, it really comes down to a couple of fundamental things in my eyes. Knowledge, as I said, is extremely important. You got to have knowledge, but you must combine that. Knowledge alone will not get you anywhere. You'd be the smartest guy in the room and that's all you're going to be or person in the room. Then you have experience. And if you have limited experience, you're only going to be able to do so much. But when you combine and accelerate your experience and combine it with knowledge, then you become empowered. Then you really have value to our world. So it's the acceleration of knowledge and experience that's the important part. So the more we do what we are reading and learning about, and the more we experience it, the faster we're going to develop our abilities to move things forward in a positive way. And today, knowledge is like you said, you can Google it go to YouTube. There's knowledge is everywhere. So you have to learn to apply that knowledge to gain that experience. And that's the part that requires us to teach how to do that more. And that's where it becomes intentional to say, hey, get away from your computer, your phone, and let's go face to face and watch how you interact with somebody. Can you do it in a positive, productive way? I've had the privilege of sharing the Ron Clark Academy and education uh, with you, Sean. And uh, I know you've known about him for a long time and had an opportunity to hear him and, and, and meet him. And, and we're going to do that again soon, uh, coming up in a couple of weeks. But yes, the, the big thing is, is it's fun. He makes education fun on top of empowering kids that didn't believe in themselves, building confidence like no other teacher you're going to see, and not by, by lowering standards, but raising those standards and raising the bar in middle school to high levels so the kids believe they could do and do prove it every day because they experience things. They fail a lot, but they change and they grow and they get better at every stage. And they know they have the confidence to do anything. And that's why these students who've gone through their middle school are now going to Harvard and Yale and Georgia Tech and uh, Morehouse and uh, you name it, Georgia and USC. I mean, it's unbelievable where these students who frankly were underserved are now accelerating. And I'll stand shoulder to shoulder uh, with those kids any day because they've learned how to think. Exactly. And and Dave, that's, again, a nice segue into this question that I wanted to ask you. We're, we're talking about teachers and educators. What teacher at any level has had the greatest impact on you? <laughs> wow, Sean, there's a curveball. As, as you can imagine, I, I was a good student uh, all the way through probably uh, my freshman year in high school. And then then somehow I started losing as much interest as I could. So I had I had a science teacher, though, that uh, uh, that I'll never forget. And, and he was challenging. He had a very hard class. It was my freshman year, but he was very inspiring and he made it fun. And I said, I'll work hard for that guy because he made it fun. He cared. And, and that was the connection. So that was probably one of the best. And uh, 
that I had as a student and I enjoyed, enjoyed that class a lot. So one of the, one of the few uh, uh, A's that I may have made in my career. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good stuff, man. That's good stuff. All right. Well, Dave, I, I want to end with this question and it'll, it'll have us jumping in the time machine. We're going to go back to 18 year old Dave Wallens. What is the Dave of today going to tell his 18 year old self? That, that's an awesome question. And reflection is, is really helpful. And uh, I think I would tell myself to surround yourself with people that have been there and done it and great mentors, finding a mentor and listen to their advice and, and really, uh, Surrounding yourself with good people, it makes this journey of life a lot easier. And unfortunately, I had a very, very, very few people that I could relate to because of the things I was doing at such a young age, where today it's a little bit more typical, uh, and thank God for uh, innovation. But I think it's a critical part of just making sure even no matter where you're at, you connect with the right people. And uh, and find your mentors and your and your group of people who could help guide you and give you good good insight and good direction, and lessen yeah. the mistakes. Dave, that that is that is a great note to end on. Find your tribe. That's right? it. And and I think that that is that is wonderful advice for all of us. Look, Dave, as I mentioned, you have fast become one of my favorite people. I cannot thank you enough for just everything that you shared. Um, but also, man, thank you for the person that you are. Sean, thanks for having me on today. I appreciate it. I enjoyed sharing the story. And uh, you mentioned early on about being available and accessible. And I, I will leave you with these two things. One, anybody could reach out to me anytime. Uh, I do a lot of mentorship, enjoy it. And so uh, as your audience, you're welcome to connect. And two, our give back that we do at our company is called the Dream Builders Tour. And we actually open up our company to students uh, at all levels, frankly, uh, elementary, middle, high school, college, to come through and do a Dream Builders Tour. And we actually kind of turn the company inside out uh, for students. And they get to meet with management, uh, president of my company, uh, managers of the company, and any various uh, 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 skill set that they're learning, whether it be management, IT, accounting. Uh, whether it be welding, carpentry, we, we've got a lot of areas that we cover. So we open up the company and really try to, to show students what it means to operate a business. So they start learning these lessons early on about how they can impact it. And uh, I encourage your, your audience to uh, touch base with me. And if there's a class that would like to come through, we'd be glad to set it up. So I'll leave you on that. And Sean, you are now my fastest growing friend. And we're going to stay connected forever, man. We got, we got a long journey ahead of us, and it's been great to connect with you, too. And I appreciate everything. Dave, man, likewise, you are truly my brother from another mother. And uh, I, I appreciate so much, yeah, just the, the, the connection, but just your, your passion and your drive. And, of course, we'll, we'll make sure that we put Dave's contact information in the show notes. And with that, TechMain Presents family, thank you as always for listening. And be sure to tune in next time when we will have another expert share their wisdom. Goodbye for now. You've been listening to another episode of Tech and Main Presents. 
Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Don't forget to tell your friends. And thanks for being a part of the Tech and Main Presents community.